0: This is episode 24. He's a rising pop country artist from Texas now residing in Nashville, but don't let his Southern roots fool you into thinking that he's another cookie cutter, tailgate sitting, beer drinking cowboy. His effort effervescence, effervescence we were going to get that right, effervescence personality, dynamic stage presence and narrative songwriting is going to command the attention of the music industry. He's about to shake shit up or burn it down while trying. This is Brady Riley. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Absolutely. I'm super excited.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but the way I found you was TikTok.
1: Really? Okay. So <laughs> funny thing. I like just started posting on TikTok because okay. like I'm, I'm so scared of TikTok. I don't know how to use yeah. that All my, I see a lot of my friends are creators on there, and they're like, just post, just post, just post. And I'm like, mm. I was like, I'm not funny. Like, I don't know what to do. And so, and I hate like being that bitch. It's like, in the car, like, like, this is my new song. Should I release it? Mm-hmm. I, I've been that bitch.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it seems to be working very well for a Thank lot you. of up and coming artists, and especially yeah. those that want to get their music out, because that's how I heard. You're single. Welcome to Chambers County. So, which we will get into because uh, I am personally am from a small town. So that song resonated with me, and I was like, I completely understand. A small town, all of the stories, all of the pieces that intertwine together. So, yeah, to get into that. So, but let's back up and let's talk about your earliest memory of music.
1: I think my earliest memory of music was. Um, So we have this thing back home, like where I'm from in Texas, it's called Rice Festival. And I, at like five or six years old, like I saw it as an opportunity, like in my head, because I've always, I've always been like the performer in my family, like family Christmas, like I'm going to sing and you're (laughs) going to watch. But I like literally took it upon myself at like six or seven years old to call the Rice Festival office. Like I looked up the number in the phone book. I remember looking Mm -hmm. it up at my grandma's house in the phone book, calling them. Be like, hi, can I sing on your stage? Uh, I'm like seven years old. Like, like, did you talk to your parents about this? I was like, we're good. Like, (laughs) and so I'd have this show booked like a few months before. I knew to call a few months before. Mm -hmm. And then like about a month before, I'd look at my mom and dad and like, hey, I'm singing at Rice Festival. I need to be there at this time. -hmm. Like I took matters into my own hands. And so that is generally like my like first memory of music is wanting to be on stage and wanting to perform and wanting to be different.
0: Well, and it's wild too that you just knew like innately that if you wanted something and in order to make it happen, you're just like, I'm just going to pick up the phone. You got to do it. Because the worst thing is, and I feel like a lot of people feel this way. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want to ask. I don't want to like inconvenience anyone,
1: but the worst they could say is no. And then exactly. you're like, fine. At least I asked. And I know exactly. And I'm not shy. So I've never been shy. <laughs> uh, so I literally would just call and then they're like, mm-hmm. okay, let's do it. And they trust. It was weird. Cause like these adults, like would trust like the seven year I'm like, can I sing? And they're like, okay. Yeah. And I would do it.
0: <laughs> well, do
1: you think it's um,
0: also partly because of the confidence that you have? Because, I I feel like if you have confidence, most people are just going to be like, well, they know what they're doing, so why not?
1: Absolutely. Do you remember the song that you sang at the Rice Festival? My first song that I sang was actually the National Anthem, (laughs) and I was so prepared for it. My mom took me and bought me this American flag t-shirt, which I would never wear. Like, I look at what I'm wearing in that picture, I'm like, ew. (laughs) Like, I look like I'm just straight out of, like, a Gap commercial. Oh, my God. Did you have khakis on, too? I wore like these dark blue jeans, this American flag shirt that's tucked in with like a little cowboy belt. It's very Texas tell? Oh my god. <laughs> I was like I looked like a little Toby Keith on stage. Well, I mean again, you
0: are from Texas and you were in Texas, so Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so since you have been doing music for so long and now moving to Nashville, it's it's definitely a process in making this your career. And so I always want to ask artists, like, how would they define that relationship and their own personal relationship with music, as it can definitely be uh, bittersweet at times and almost like a make or break you
1: at times. So I always like to hear everyone's perspective on what their personal relationship with music is. So for me personally, like I've only been in Nashville for two years, mm-hmm. but... I so I was raised by business owners, and I I knew like if I wanted to do something, like I had to work my ass off for it. So mm-hmm. as soon as I got to Nashville, in my head, like the first thing that I did was like I got to network, I've got to network, and I knew I have a unique look. I know there's no one like me in country music right now. There's not a guy that's going like, to confidently sing country music with a full face makeup on hills mm-hmm. and not have a show people think, and I knew that I had a brand. I knew mm-hmm. in my head I had a brand. I knew I could sell a brand. Mm-hmm. I people would want to hear what I had to say. I knew when I walked into a bar, people were going to look at me and be like, what the is that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how it happened. And that's genuinely like how I've made every connection that I had was, you know, you always hear people that have been here for like 10 years. They're like, oh, people think like the key to it is like going to the bar and like networking. That's mm-hmm. not it. I'm like, it is it. It's it's. Nashville is literally about who you know, and it's shitty that that's how it is, but it is. It's about who you mm-hmm. know. It's about how much you put into it. It's about the hustle and bustle. Like honestly, like you've got to work your ass off if you want to be successful.
0: Yeah, and I mean, for anyone that and you said you just moved to Nashville two years ago, so you're mm-hmm. still pretty fresh in Nashville. And so for anyone that might be considering moving to Nashville, maybe this year, maybe next year. Is there like one networking tidbit that you would share with someone that wanted to
1: either be a musician or just work in music in general? Be vulnerable and be honest and go in with an open mind because you're gonna get crushed. You're gonna get told no. Mm-hmm. People are gonna hurt your feelings. But it's part of it. And I think there, I think right now the industry is changing so much. Like me personally, like I'm not chasing a record deal. I could care less for a record deal um publishing no I wouldn't mind like being like a, a professional songwriter obviously but yeah. um I, I'm not chasing a record deal and I think that's where a lot of people mess up here is like they are immediately like oh I want a record deal I want a record deal I want a record deal mm-hmm. well I want a million dollars but it's not just going to be handed to you you got to work your ass off for it exactly yeah and something like and something that makes me feel good as an artist is I've made like a lot of artist friends out here that have been doing this and that have me that have had number ones mm-hmm. and it makes me feel good because I feel like I'm kind of in the right place at the right time because I always hear you know I've never seen someone come to Nashville and make the connections that I've made in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. so that makes me feel good
0: yeah well I mean that's definitely saying something about your hustle and the hard work like you said because you know 2 years technically in Nashville is not i mean it's not 2 years in general it's just not a long period of time but for yeah and it's i mean and they always say Nashville is the junior town for you to even scratch the surface exactly. and you are showing them that that's actually not the case and you can do it within 2 years you can do it within 3 years and just from what i have been doing with my research on you i mean you're Like you said, like you're taking off, like you're meeting different artists, you're performing on different stages all over town, and I mean that's
1: awesome. Like something like especially like when I like pop up on stage on Broadway or something, Uh uh, I'm so grateful that I have friends like when they see me and I'm like on the verge of like blacking out. They're like get on stage. I'm like oh you're sweet. Um, (laughs) Great great timing. But I think it's so awesome because you know Nashville is home to a lot of tourists like everyone there's torso every day
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and some that see me and they're like what the hell is about to happen um and so I think it's so badass like when I get on stage and like if I'm in like a corset and hills and like a pair of jeans mm-hmm. I look in the crowd and every redneck and that like in the crowd is like what the fuck is about to go on yeah and, um then I start singing and that's really where the whole like don't judge a book by its cover comes into place because I have like this very androgynous look but my voice doesn't mm-hmm. match that if that makes sense
0: yeah definitely well and your voice was the first thing that drew me to you just because you do have such a distinct sound mm-hmm. and the juxtaposition of your androgynous look and androgynous look <laughs> I'm butchering this. I- is I haven't been drinking. I'm like already stumbling over my words. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's 630. I'm
1: like, I need some more coffee at this point. But I need some coffee. I feel you.
0: (laughs) I'm like, have you had the day that I've had? It's been, (laughs) is it been a Monday? Anyway, I digress. But I, and I think that's a really good point that you bring up is that, I mean, country music, well, music in general, but specifically country music is for everyone, because everyone has a story because, that's really where that stemmed from is yeah. the storytelling aspect of it. And everyone has their own story. And it's not necessarily specific for, you know, white cis males that, mm-hmm. you know, drive pickup trucks. The stereotypical person
1: that we would think of. It's for everybody. Exactly. And that's not, like I have been like very embraced in this community, which is fantastic. Like I've I've obviously gotten some hate comments and people that are very confused and that don't support me but don't be an asshole on the way up um I don't don't know
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um I just try to treat everyone with respect because I think we're all in the industry we're all doing the same thing we're all after the same dream Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so it's like I'll support you you support me I'm no different and that's something that I'm very adamant about is like just because of like my sexuality and my look like that shouldn't like that shouldn't stop me from being able to go perform at the Opry that shouldn't stop me from being able to perform at the Ryman that shouldn't stop me from doing anything at the Country Music Hall of Fame Mm
2: -hmm. like
1: I don't I think we're in like such a place now in the world where like it generally shouldn't matter like if I'm kissing a boy or a girl or wearing makeup or just wearing whatever the hell I want to do that makes me happy and comfortable Mm -hmm. it should not be an issue at all yeah I mean it's irrelevant to be frank you know and yeah I always tell, I always tell people, I'm like, if you're losing sleep because I'm laying in bed with a guy at night, like uh, talk to your doctor, get some Ambien, pray about it. I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, because clearly (laughs) the problem lies within them and not within you. So, well, let's talk about the single Welcome to Chambers County. So, (laughs) So When I first heard that song, like I said earlier, I'm from a very small town in South Carolina, right outside of Charleston. Um, If you've ever been to Charleston, it's, you know, lower state, lower part of the state, very small town, Walter. And just the song itself, I was like, oh my gosh, I know that judge. I know that guy that's selling drugs that his daddy's going to, you know, bail him out of trouble. Yeah, And so- just from hearing that alone, I was like, just your songwriting and your ability to like pull in these elements to paint this picture is phenomenal. And yeah. And I guess to back up is just, where did you find the inspiration? Like, is it one instance or is it just a
1: specific conversation that may have happened for the single? I think growing up in such a small town and it's crazy because everyone in my hometown like this, I've like been the talk of the town since like I I started to tease this song. Like everyone is like, I've like, it's crazy because I haven't really, and I never will, like I will never like point fingers at anybody because obviously if you're from my hometown, like you, you can put common sense and figure out who I'm talking about. I'll never confirm it, but like I'll be like good job or like you're guessing or whatever. But it was kind of just like, you know, I grew up in a high school where your last name mattered. And if you have, like, a certain last name, you got away with a lot of shit. Um, and I think that's just kind of a known thing in every small town. It's not just in my small, like, small hometown. Like, it's genuinely ever, it's about, it's kind of like a music industry. It's just about who you know mm-hmm. and what you can get away with. Like, it's, I think, um, something that really, like, stood out for me with that song is my brother is in prison, and he has done he's not an angel, obviously like he's in prison, but I don't know it's like um there's some things that happened in our hometown that he got blamed for that other people should have got blamed for, and like I said, it's all about your last name, and i my family is just not that cool, I guess, but mm-hmm. uh, but there's just a lot of things that I've watched um from growing up until now, like even now um it's crazy like after I released that song there is like a whole sex ring thing happening in my hometown it's like coming unfolded and everyone's like you knew and I'm like I did it (laughs) but (laughs) but that's gonna be in the part two of the song oh for sure and like that's like something like I'm naming my first EP 77665 which is my hometown zip code and people are so nervous like they think that every song on that EP is gonna be about one of the county officials or something <laughs> it's, it's not like I I don't know I I'm so grateful for my hometown and it took me so long to realize that because mm-hmm. I used when I moved I moved when I was 18 like out of my hometown mm-hmm. and I hated it I was like I've got to get out there's nothing there for me
2: mm-hmm. And actually,
1: I actually just wrote a song, new song the other day um that I'll probably end up putting on the EP but something that I realized is growing up and getting out of there now that like I'm in a completely different state and doing something completely different
2: mm-hmm. than
1: anybody in my hometown is I'm so grateful And because it wasn't my haven like I had to get out but I'm grateful for what it made of me as a person um and that's something that I wrote about the other day is you know we always talk about getting out of our hometown and being successful and I am successful in my own way like mm-hmm. I, in a way that like I did get out of my hometown I did pursue music and I'm kicking ass at it but I still like I look at like Facebook and I see like friends of my hometown they're married they have kids they're buying their first child And I'm like well I haven't done that shit yet mm-hmm. like, almost like my hometown had everything to offer me until it didn't yeah That's was like my next chapter
0: Well, and I think it's interesting too, that you brought up is like, when you look at other people and like seeing what they're doing within their lives, how somehow that takes away from what you find a success for yourself Yeah, and like, you know, people that may not necessarily, you know, get married or have kids and like chasing a dream is like all that they've really ever wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Even seeing that other people are doing something that they're not somehow still takes away from the work that they're doing towards that
1: dream, which is always so interesting to me. Absolutely, and it's—I think what I'm doing is, like I said, no one in my hometown is doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, being in Nashville, I'm a little fish in a big pond, but back home, like, I'm a big fish in a little pond, like. I'm going home in a couple of weeks and I'm nervous as shit because I haven't been home since I released Chambers County. And oh my gosh. I'm God. going home for Rice Festival. And I'm not performing. I'm just going there to visit and like see my family mm-hmm. but I'm nervous like honestly like because I've gotten like I have so many messages about this song. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just letting it tell its story. Yeah. i it. drink <laughs> so much tea like people are like telling me stuff and I'm like don't tell me anything.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're getting a lot of great material for the next album. Absolutely. Least, you know?
1: Absolutely.
0: And so for this song, you mentioned on TikTok when you were, um, it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, that this song in particular made you fall in love with country music again. Absolutely. And so that made me think, was there ever a point in time in your life that you fell out of love with country music?
1: Um, When I first moved to Nashville, I was really discouraged. Um just because of my appearance and the way I carried myself I was still trying to figure out my sound and it took me like with a few producers and writing with different people to kind of figure out the direction that I wanted to go in mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that like I'm going to do like this hardcore country stuff like the rest of my career because I can tailor slow someone in two seconds but <laughs> um but something that I do love about country music is like the authentic storytelling and Chambers mm-hmm. County was that and I don't know it's just and, and a pop song it's kind of like for me pop you write pop music for the radio what's gonna mm-hmm. go on the radio? me like Chambers County which I did get to premiere Chambers County on the radio um but it, it's just a story I love storytelling I I won't ever sing a song that doesn't feel authentic to me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I think and I know that, like a lot of the songs that I've written for this project, I really put like my heart and soul into and I got down to the nitty gritty of like shit that hurt me and like shit mm-hmm. of my past, like growing up, like boys, my family, like I, I want people to listen to this project and feel comfortable and feel at home
2: mm-hmm.
1: because that's what it's done to me. It's kind of made me feel at home mm-hmm. and that's Nashville now.
0: Well, and so you mentioned that the first part of the album, 77665, is so is, is it like a part one and part two? Because part two kind is going to be so, the Nashville side.
1: Yeah. So I'll release like an EP um, called 77665. And then later on next year, I'll release 37209, which will kind of be like my more Nashville side of the story, which is mm-hmm. other songs that I've written with like other artists out here. Like I want that project to really be almost like a collaboration album with people that have kind of helped me along the way. Mm-hmm. Nashville. Like, i want to like showcase other artists here in nashville like people even people like there's so much talent on broadway like i have some very talented friends on broadway and i'm like i've talked to them i'm like i want you on the second part of my ep because mm-hmm. they deserve to be showcased like and that's exactly what i want to do so
0: are you able to say anything about the songs that
1: are going to be on the first EP the second six you, five I actually just kind of like set up the track list for that project the other day um yes. I, I've written a couple most of the album I wrote with um Sarah Bryce which is Lee Bryce's wife she's an incredible songwriter and, and this other woman uh, her name is Delia Shane um it's incredible um I'm just I'm so proud of it like and I wrote this one song with this these guys named uh, Andrew Sebner and Ryan Price called Not Your Rehab. <gasps> and that is that is my favorite song on the EP. Okay, yes. Wrote, we wrote a song, I wrote the song with Sarah Bryce and Delia Shane called Bone Dry. That that's is my so personal cool. favorite so far. The, have to, I'll just send you the full song so you can get like, the full. <laughs> do,
0: because I went down your... So, in, in preparation, I went from the very beginning of your TikTok because I know that you do snippets of all of your songs. And so mm-hmm. I have like my whole track list that I'm building.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I love Growing Pains. Growing Pains is a really good one. Mm-hmm. But I'm torn with Growing Pains because that song is something that I wrote. I really went into that right for Growing Pains and I didn't know what the hell I was going to write about. And I had so much anxiety. And I wrote in there and Sarah and Dele are like, what is going on? And we were with this, with, that, with this other guy named Caleb. And they're like, what's going on? I was like, I'm just going through it. I was, like, I was like, I miss my family. I miss my parents. I miss my niece and nephews. Like, I was like, I just had to watch my nephew's first day of school on Facebook. Oh, or like his graduation was like on Facebook. And I was just like, I was like, growing pains, it sucks. And so Jaleigh and Sarah were like, write that let's write Growing Pains and so we did and one of the lines in that song is 25 years old a thousand miles from home having heart-to-hearts with people I don't know Mm -hmm. that symbolizes me going into these rooms with all these other songwriters like spilling my heart to these strangers that I have no idea and it's it's almost like therapy like they're my therapist I'm just telling them every deep dark secret to write a damn song Mm -hmm. and so that's something that I love is that song is, was so authentic and I really did go into that session crying my eyes out like I just let it out in front of these like strangers like I just met Sarah and Julia and, and they were just like let it out let's write it and I was like okay well and I think that also is
0: one of the uh, personal struggles of being a songwriter is like you have to be comfortable with vulnerability and it's called vulnerable too that I love yes <laughs> So I feel like I just need to run down my list real quick. I'm yeah, like, okay. On. I don't know if you can say yay or nay, but um yeah. we have rainfall. Rainfall that's coming out in the spring. Okay. Now yeah. I have not your rehab and growing pains. And growing pains, it's gonna come out
1: November, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll say winter-ish. Winter. Well, okay. So that song uh because I was picking my next single the other day. And I was talking to Sarah and she was like, Growing Pains is just such like a fall winter song.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's just like sad and it'll put people in their feelings. And so I was debating on Growing Pains or not your rehab. And so I think I'm going to go with Growing Pains.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I think it'll be a nice like kind of shift and range for listeners going from Chambers County to that. Absolutely. Uh let's see. Uh, we said not read really. grown pains. Um Cold Day in July. That's a uh the chicks. That's a
1: Dixie that's a... Oh well I said it was yours, so we take it off. List. <laughs> I when I so I, when I posted that cover, a lot of people were like, Are you gonna release that? I was like, it's and the Dixie Jack's like it's out. <laughs> I wish I wrote that song. It's so clever. I know. And I'm just like sitting here
0: and I'm like, Yeah, I think that's his song. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just a complete dumbass. But anyway. Wow.
1: Uh, bone one
0: dry, bone.
1: Cuts. Huh. One of their deep cuts. No one really knows it. That's right. <laughs> uh, bone dry, which is
0: my personal favorite. I think just the snippet I'll, that I I'll gift it Go. to you. I'll gift it to you.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, vulnerable, which we just chatted about. Yeah, I just wrote vulnerable a couple weeks ago. Okay. And I love it. It's one of my favorites.
0: And with that one, wild hearts is that a newer one too?
1: So wild hearts is. A song that I cut like four years ago and mm-hmm. I completely forgot about it and it was sitting in my job box, and I was like I might be able to do something with this mm-hmm. so I put a little snippet of it out
0: so in things like that when you as a songwriter
1: I'm sure you have a backlog I have of so, like I'm so many songs and I forget about a lot of them too like mm-hmm. And it, it happens like when I'm in a writing session and like, we're all sitting there scrolling through our notes, like getting inspiration. And I'm like, God, I forgot about that song. I forgot about this song. I forgot about this song. Cause there is so many, like, I have so many demos. And even like in my voice memos, like I'll get up at like three o'clock in the morning with a song idea and like put it in my voice memos.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've got lots of loaded. I at least have like five or six albums in my phone. And that was my next question is like, is it more of,
0: recording it on your phone or is it like almost old school where you're just like taking out like a piece
1: of scratch paper or something and writing it down or just this notebook i I love writing on paper just Mm because it feels more real but now like when you're in a writing session like everyone shares a notes tab on their iphones and we all write on the notes which i'm okay with because it stays forever but um yeah and then it's crazy because especially like when you're writing like a producer and they're producing the track Sometimes they won't even send you the song like it'll just pop up in your notes app and you're like oh we have the song now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's I have a lot I have a lot of songs. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
2: I've,
1: been through, I've been through a breakup and then moved to Nashville, got my heart broke here. Wrote about oh. that idiot for a little bit. I wrote this wrote not rehab about this guy in Nashville. Um, and it's my favorite song, "Missing live because I've sung it a couple of times and he's been like at the round that I was playing and I was like. <laughs> Wasn't even on my set list tonight, but you hear so you go hear it. And does he know it's about him? Oh yeah. I'm so oh. petty. Like when I write a song about someone, like I will send it to him. Oh.
0: <laughs> so the opposite of Taylor Swift. We're letting you know oh, I'm, who it's about.
1: Yeah. Unless like it's like I don't know. But most of the time I may not let the world know who it's about, but I'll let the person know it's about them. Yeah, exactly. So the first
0: EP, the Texas version, what can we hear or know
1: about the Nashville, the part two of the EP? I think 37, seven two zero nine is more experimental. Like it's mm-hmm. more like pop country, more than like the really, Um, we've been calling like my sound punkry because it's kind of like punk rock country. So I've been calling it punctry. Love uh, that. Right. It's fun. And I, and I kind of figured out like that was my sound, like the punctry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when I started working on this new producer, his name's Caleb, and uh, so, and we kind of figured out when we we're cutting "Rainfall," he's like, "You're puncturey." I was like, "All right, yeah. we're puncturey." <laughs> it every song. It just kind of has, and that's something that I think is unique about um every one of my songs. I feel like they all sound different. They all have a different mm-hmm. sound. Um, but I think "Three Seven Two Zero 9 is going to be more of pop country than anything. Mm-hmm. But still. Like that down-home gritty.
0: Yeah. Got to have a little bit of that grit element. Absolutely. And I love that you you are creating, well, first of all, I think in general, music genres, I mean, we don't really need them anymore. Everything is so fluid in the way that music is classified. That at this point, you're coming up with the names mm-hmm. of like, you're creating all these new genres of music for people.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's, it's honestly it's been so rewarding like working mm-hmm. here with people and people that are down to like change country music with me um like this the guy Caleb that produces a lot of my stuff um the other night he like he to me he's like I'm he's like I'm just so excited to like change music with you he's like I love doing I, I love working with you and like doing what we're doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it and that just makes me feel honored like that someone thinks like that highly of me Mm because in my head I'm like I'm a piece of shit I'm doing whatever not um you know but but like in my head I'm like I'm just doing music like I just doing what feels right but Mm -hmm. other people it's I'm changing country music so yeah and for
0: and for the better to be honest I mean I don't and and also for individuals that may be you know more gender fluid or androgynous or homosexual or you know we don't even need to classify it's just people that are that aren't you know characteristic cis gendered exactly it's it's for everybody and you don't have to look one way for you to be successful in any type of music
1: something that like I'm hoping to change is like like this year June was my busiest month for pride like in Mm -hmm. which I'm honored to do pride like I will always do pride but I felt in a way that like there's uh, people that like reached out to me that were asking me to do shows and I I did them because it's exposure that's part of it Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, like part of me kind of felt like they need a gay country singer right now and that's me Mm -hmm. it's June they need a gay country singer so I'm hoping next year that like you know which pride is obviously gay pride or whatever you represent but I'm hoping like next year like Nashville will kind of have a stage that's not just for gay country singers like I want to be on stage with like a cis male that doesn't mind singing in front of pride Mm -hmm. like does that make sense like yeah and that's the way it really should be you know and I know like pride is about celebrating us but I want everyone to celebrate us not just me yeah
0: exactly because it's it's for everyone to celebrate individuals that are in that community so
1: and to you know be allies as well so which I think is so important and honestly like this is me talking like from a business or business perspective but I think if a cis gay male or to which they are there are, there are a lot of allies out here but to like mm-hmm. publicly like hey like I'm an ally for the gay community like that'd be so good for their brand yeah <laughs> so good <laughs> and they're and unfortunately they're few and far between you know mm-hmm. and I'm um, and what sucks, that's something that sucks Like with a lot of like labels and teams out here is they're like, don't say that, it's the wrong thing. Which I'm the same way, Like I don't ever get political or anything like that because we mm-hmm. just saw what happened to Brittany Alden because she doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. something that I learned and I, I saw this in a Dolly Parton interview, she was like, if you want to be in this business, keep your damn mouth shut.
2: Mm-hmm. We don't talk
1: when it's right. So
0: that's right. Yeah. It's So it's just so tough to that point sometimes, because I feel like music in the very beginning was political Mm -hmm. and, you know, in some instances where it's like, you want to speak on it, but you're not sure if you should.
2: Mm -hmm. And in
0: that it's like, well, then let's write a song about it, you know, and that's how you can address it. So absolutely. So I always close. Well, before we get to the closing song, cause this our song, oh my God, closing question, since that's a little bit more fun. Have we missed anything that we need to talk about or touch on the new albums, the single,
1: or what's the next single coming out before we move on to the last question? So I can't give you the date yet for the next single, but just, I would just tell everyone to, you know, keep up with my socials and support me. And I love that you support me and I... I'm just so excited for what's in store. I have a lot going on right now that I can't talk about yet, but okay. Um, there's, there's some exciting things happening and I'm so excited to be part of it. Awesome. Okay. So now to the fun question. Let's do it.
0: What is your entrance song of the moment?
2: My entrance song. So
1: it depends like. And that's fine too. Like when you say entrance song, do you mean like if I'm walking out on stage or like, what is it? So yes, it's kind of like, you know, um, you're
0: entering a party, you're walking on stage, you are, but it's it could be um like of the moment, like I'm really into this song right now. And when I listen to it, I feel like a complete badass. Or it's just been like one handy, like that one song you've always held on to throughout your life that is mm-hmm. if I'm an inner room and I want people to turn around and know that I'm there, it's gonna be this song playing
1: that's such a hard question <laughs> it's not but it is um
0: no I, I know I know it's tough it like changes every month I feel like for
1: me sometimes Oh, well, I know um I'm a big Miley Cyrus guy so I think anything of Miley like if you put that on like I'm there I'm hype
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: but a specific song from her would probably be we can't stop
2: <gasps> yes Excellent song. choice.
1: Classic. Every time I hear that song, it just puts me in a good mood. hmm I love her. I love everything that she does. My oh dream my collaboration. I'm sorry, say that again? My dream collaboration. Well, we're going to make it happen. We're going to put it
0: out in the universe. Yeah, we, we have to. All the energy. <laughs> well, and as soon as you said Miley Cyrus, that totally took me back. I was so obsessed with her Bangers album, and oh I feel God. like
1: everyone hated it. No, I... So... That I can I remember the Bangers era like more than I remember like high school that year. Because mm-hmm. that's on that album came out in 2013. It's so mm-hmm. weird that I know all this in my head. It came out October 8th, 2013. True. Oh, I remember and I remember when We Can't Stop was premiering. Uh there was a countdown on her website. And mm-hmm. I was in school that day, but she premiered it um with Ryan Seacrest. And I remember Paying like nineteen dollars because there wasn't like an app at this time, but there was an app like for a radio station.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I paid nineteen dollars to hear the premiere of this "We Can't Stop" song. Like it wasn't going to come out like immediately afterwards. Like I could have just bought it on iTunes, but I wanted mm-hmm. to get the premiere. And then I was such a huge fan, and I remember when she announced her tour, I like begged my dad for tickets for it. Like I begged. Mm-hmm. Not one of my best friends and I were front row at the Bingers concert in Houston. <gasps> And it was what? Like, hands down like so good. So good. Like a top five concert of your life, you think? Oh, okay. Love <laughs> Miley. I love, love, love Miley. I think she puts on a great show. Like hearing mm-hmm. her live is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But the best concert that I've ever been to, and I will go down in history with this, and people are probably looking like crazy. I went and seen Taylor Swift's reputation tour. hmm. Changed my life. Took me to church. I thought I was going to start speaking in tongues or something. It was insane. <laughs> so good. Well, and she's like a, I mean, she's a showman. Like she. She is a performer. Like. Yeah. There was not a time in that like concert that I like wasn't like drawn to the stage.
2: hmm like,
1: So important. Yeah. And I feel like
0: I'm definitely going to get some hate on this, but I almost feel like she would beat, like, she beats out Britney Spears in terms oh, of performer. And like, you know. Of my generation, like Britney was like the performer and oh, entertainer, sure. and but now
1: that Taylor Swift has entered, she is so smart. Like I'm on like Swift Talk, like on TikTok, like <laughs> I, it's it's insane like how smart she is. Mm-hmm. Like when she announced Midnight's, I got lost my mind and. Mm-hmm. The way she did it was just like meet me at midnight at the vmas and i was like what the hell does that mean i know that means something and then mm-hmm. the album at midnight, she's insane she's 17. So she is definitely someone that
0: i just keep tabs on just from like a business standpoint too oh, because for sure. she she blows my mind with some of the like just business decisions and the marketing decisions that she makes she is so smart she's yeah. so smart
1: I'm like, Taylor how do you where do you get this? I know. So one of my friends and I we watched her documentary the other night on Netflix and Miss Americana. And mm-hmm. when she sits down at the table to like plan her album, she has like a team of like twenty people at the table. And my friends are like, We don't do that. I'm like, I'm not Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who's got a team of twenty? I mean Taylor. Not not right. me. And I was like, I can barely put a straw like a pre sign. So I mean I need, I need a team of twenty, but
2: it's <laughs> not on that level yet. Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, for Taylor Swift, which you know, you will have a table of twenty. You'll probably have a table of fifty here soon. So I hope so. Yeah. Putting that out in the universe, all that good energy. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for chatting.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so,
0: so thankful for this time. I'm thankful that you were able to put this on your schedule and that we were able to connect. And um before we sign off. How can people find you? How can they support you, follow you, like you, all the stuff?
1: Everything of mine is Brady Allen Riley, my full name. I'm trying to get it changed to Brady Riley, but as of now, everything's just Brady Allen Riley. Okay. And yeah, I'm still so looking forward to releasing the music and wow in the world, hopefully. <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: And everyone needs to continue to follow along with you on social so that they can get the dates of when the new, Absolutely. new single will be dropping and all that kind of stuff.
1: And I kind of, I kind of like Taylor Swift myself. Like sometimes I'll put like a little sneaky in my bio, like a little tease. Mm-hmm. You know, I like doing that. Okay. So we'll have to be watching out for that too. Really watch it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Brady. Anything else? Any parting final words?
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so honored to do this with you.
0: Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, we will definitely talk soon. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye.